Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome to this week, August 29th. It's Monday. I'm Jack Riggins, the host of Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. We're going to go out of state for some takes on uh, state politics up in Minnesota, as well as maybe some national politics from a friend of mine in just a second. I do want to announce, folks, it is Exploratory Mayor Committee Day. What, Johnny? 135. 135. Okay. We are, unfortunately for some of you, closing down the Exploratory Committee. We are not going to run for mayor of Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, As you could tell, uh, my committee tells me I'm a little too hot, a little too unpolished, a little too brash, um, and I've kind of got a what we call uh, blue up, green up. I've got to kind of got to soften the edges a little bit. So. That's where we're at. I want to thank everybody that supported it. Had a lot of you out there uh, think it's a great idea. As you know, I will absolutely, though, be helping conservative candidates here in Lincoln and Lancaster County um, with their campaigns and trying to balance the city of Lincoln and, and the county out. All right. A friend of mine owns Fluence Media. Bloys Olson is the CEO. It's a broadcast and media production company and public relations agency and really does a lot of high stakes consulting and develops influential content strategies for folks up in the northern part of the United States, if you will. Uh, Bloys, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Commander, I am honored and. uh... Happy to be with the good people of Nebraska today with you. Yeah, sometimes we get into an echo chamber down here, so I thought, you know what, on a Monday, let's go out of state and see what else is going on um, in your sphere. I noticed that you were at the Minnesota State Fear this Fair this weekend. I was. Twelve great days of the great Minnesota get-together, and uh, like many places, uh, it's you know, it's a place where you start to get a read on the mood of the population. I like to say, what's the mood of Minnesota? And so, uh, you know, we had a debate between the candidates for state auditor yesterday. I watched the gubernatorial candidates. And since we didn't have a fair in 2020 because of the pandemic, and 2021 was, quote, a limited fair, uh, there wasn't a ton of it. I mean, attendance was down probably 25%. I feel like this is the greatest gathering of Minnesotans in three years. And so you got to just get out there and, you know, have a cold one or a prano pup or a corn dog and see what the people are thinking. Now, uh, full disclosure, boys and I both share a love of golf. You meet a lot of great people on the golf course. Uh, some of the relationships grow. Some don't, but ours did. Um, for the audience who wouldn't be as familiar down here in Lincoln, Nebraska, can you give a quick synopsis of your background and kind of from sure. school on until you got and said, you know what, I'm going to do Fluence Media and, and help out uh, in my you know local area? Yeah, so um, I went to the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh with our good friend, the godfather, Jason Highland of Sub-70 Golf. Uh, I worked early in my career. I worked on political campaigns. I retired from political campaigns at the age of 26 and started – uh, my first company, uh, really uh, doing media relations for dot-coms, fast-growth companies, where technology was part of our strategy. So since then, 
Influence Media is my third company, uh, and we work with trade associations, corporations. Uh, half of the business is an advisory uh, role, uh, and the other half is we curate and develop content that smart people like to listen to, read, etc. Uh, you know, people nationally might know Politico or Axios. We're kind of that. Uh, for the Midwest, we we do tip sheets on politics, agriculture, healthcare, philanthropy, Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Dakotas, uh, and so uh, you know I got a small team here, and we just think you know it's good to see all sides. We present all sides of the issues. We let people decide, but the idea is uh, you want to be smarter before you get to breakfast or lunch, and uh, we try to make that happen. Yeah, one of the things that I really enjoy that you put out, uh, and it goes back to my SEAL days, right, in the presidential update briefs, is you put out a morning take, and you literally have a newsletter that, for your area, like you said, and it's multi-state, um, you give uh, an un, or a balanced, um, here's what's going on, and literally, by the time I leave the door in the morning, I have a good take of what's going on up in, in your neck of the woods. I think that's a great product. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, it's our biggest product. It's our signature product. Uh, we have one for Minnesota. We have one for Wisconsin. I've explored, as you know, I have some, uh, you and some other folks and some connections in Nebraska. So we could bring it to Nebraska and, and, uh, and summarize Nebraska. Nebraska. I thought you were just having me on to avoid talking about the Cornhuskers today, Zach. Uh, well, the thing is, is I wasn't, and now that you brought it up, because you're such a sly influencer, um, very disappointed down here in Nebraska land right now, even though it is the beginning of the season and you never know how it's going to turn out, but traditionally on my show, because we have tons of Husker coverage down here, we try not to go into that, but I think that I summarize for all Nebraskans a big disappointment in the trip over to Ireland. That's what I heard, and I, I just, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with the people in Nebraska. I know how the mood changes with the Huskers. <laughs> I will say, I'm not going to quote it right, but I did see a, a post that said, uh, that said, uh, for all of you out there drinking the Kool-Aid, it's time to grab the whiskey and say the heck with this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. So what uh let me ask you a couple of questions because we both um you know cover and and while your product um gives the full rounded picture, you still pay great attention to national level politics and ideas. What is the mood up there on student debt relief in the Minnesota area? You know, it's mixed. Um it's not popular as a concept with those people who have taken student debt, paid back their student debt, or just a general principle of, no, we can't just go around forgiving debt. Now, having said that, I have talked to some folks who probably were skeptical of it, but then they start to look at it through their children's eyes. And their children would be the type who could repay their debt, but they are like, well, this will help them get a little step ahead or something like that. You know, the thing about it, Jack, is I, I feel like it, it is one of those issues, like so many in the country right now, is depending on where you're at or your core values, it just it either rubs you the wrong way or, as I've noted up here with, you know, Representative Ilhan Omar, uh, a member of the squad, 
you know, she said, this is a good start. We need to forgive all and cancel all student debt. And so what I like to do is kind of pose the question, like, how much is enough? Is all, should all of it go away? So to those people who are, you know, kind of like, well, it's only 10 grand. Well, is that enough? Is that not enough? And then the, the second part, I think, and this is where, you know, look, President Biden's not the first one to do it. He's not going to be the last one to do it. But this escalation of executive orders, we have it at the state level sometimes, we have it at the federal level. It just starts to put ninth grade civics voice a little out of whack from a balance of power, separation of power um, kind of thing. And, and those are the things that I think start to erode trust at a deeper level um, amongst those who aren't on a side, but are like, hey, it's not supposed to work this way. We're supposed to, like, if you're going to cancel that, you, you should probably run it through Congress. And, and so people who compare the PPP are like, well, you got PPP forgiven. Well, PPP was passed by Congress, signed by a president. It wasn't one branch of our government that just said, let's do this. And I think that's the, uh, that's the slippery slope. Well, that's an interesting thing you bring up, not to go uh, big world politics and go back in time. But I think that you would find a lot of veterans who understand uh, foreign policy and warfare talking about the encroachment of the executive of power to essentially wage war for a very long time and spend billions of dollars without having a declaration of war yeah. as a similar argument to your point there. No, I think that's true. And I think. It gets raised at that moment as well, but this is one of those moments where it impacts more people or in in a more, you know, relatable way to the average American. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I wanted to ask is, um, you know, I it depends where you sit, but... Honestly, the way I look, and, and I talk to a lot of people around the United States, Nebraska had it pretty good with COVID. Um, and we know up, up in Minnesota, you know, um, similar, maybe not similar, a lot of different things going on in that time frame along with, um, you know, the George Floyd stuff and, and things like that. But yeah. how has Minnesota recovered or is recovering um, from COVID? You know, I, I, I want to just preface this by saying Minnesota – um, first of all, we think, you know, we're above average, just ask us. Um, <laughs> second, um, you know, we've had a very diverse, robust economy for many years. Many headquartered companies attract employees. You know, we pay a little more in taxes, but, you know, our quality of life is, you know, ranks high, those kinds of things. I think what the thing in the shock to Minnesota with COVID, with George Floyd is, is that we, we were just kind of going along and like, wham, it hits you. It's kind of like, you know, you're the guy who thinks you're going to throw a block or you think you're going to get a tackle and wham, you get blindsided. And I feel like Minnesota was blindsided a lot. And we're still kind of shaking off some of the hits we took during COVID with the death of, and the killing of George Floyd. Um, and so we're doing fine. I think there's a there's a healthy tension and um, kind of debate over, well, shouldn't we be doing as well as we were before? You know, the Governor Tim Walz, who's running for uh, re-election, he's from Nebraska, by the way. Um, you know, he always highlights the state rankings. Like, 
well, we used to be in the top three safest. Now we're in the top 10 safest states. Or, well, you know, we're in the middle of the pack when it comes to education. And Minnesotans really don't like being in the, quote, middle of the pack. Okay. And so I've said, I've said this election is about feeling. It's how do you feel about the state? Uh, Walls' opponent, Scott Jensen, is saying, you feel like Minnesota's in a better place than it was four years ago? Kind of hearkening back to that Reagan uh, or Mondale quote of, like, well, how do you feel four years later? And that's where we're at. And the state fair, going back to that, is a great place to get a sense of that. Who's taking what buttons? Who's willing to talk politics? Who's not? Um, both candidates are out there every day. It's old school retail politics, Jack Riggins. And so if you just love the game, uh, <laughs> it's a good way. It's a good way, like, for me to – I literally go in a baseball cap and sunglasses, and I sit on a bench outside their booth, and I watch. And I just try to get a feel for what Minnesotans are talking about and thinking about. I love it. We're on with uh, Blois Olson, CEO of Fluence Media. It's a media plus content firm, high stakes communications. Uh, Blois publishes a morning take, which is a great uh, update of everything balanced in politics and ideas up there in Minnesota and surrounding areas. I've uh, got about four minutes left. I want to try to get two takes for you. Because uh, sure. you've been in and around politics, probably even before you were retired from it in 26, at 26. But why why have things, or how do we get back from the divisive nature, which I always assess as we continue to take steps away from each other as Americans? You know, I um, this is a sad note. Uh, Jack, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this offline, but um, I get that question a lot when I speak or when I present. And the the best answer I have, and it's a sad one, is I think we need, the most likely way is we need a unifying event in our country, like a 9-11, like a national tragedy. Well, we haven't talked about it, but what I've said is, in my circles, literally this weekend at the end of summer party at the Riggins house with everybody there, right? I said, we need a war. That's what's going to happen. That's, so No, I, and I, I mean an external war. war. Yeah. And that's sad. An external war. Yeah. And that's bad. Um, and so I think that that is one of the things that people want. The other thing we need is we just, we need to be out and about more. There was a, a guy in the front row of my radio show debate yesterday who was one of the governor's biggest critics on executive powers in Minnesota. And uh, he was one of my critics, too. He was uh, Twitter troll number three or four in COVID when I, he didn't think I was being harsh enough. And he, he came up, introduced himself, and he said, hey, we haven't met in person. I said, you seem so pleasant. What happens when you go on Twitter? And he literally didn't know what to say. I'm like, look, you can come up and shake my hand. And, and and that's fine, but some of the things you write on Twitter, you know, I'm not easy to offend, but they'd take the chrome off a bumper if, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. a little acidic. They're a little acidic. Oh, man. Well, I, I just think that that thing can become the huge filter and people just uh, kind of go all potty mouth. Okay. Biggest uh, boys biggest concerns moving forward for the United States over the next five years? The economy and the workforce. We're in a shift. I have been reading a lot about the 1930s, Jack. Okay. 
And there are a lot of parallels to rise of the workers, which I'm, you know, these things happen. It's part of our history. It's happening again. A lot of unionization. Yeah. A lot of workers having leverage. Uh, but but a, la- a higher cost, inflation, um, and, and a lack of capital, a higher cost of capital. And it puts the economy, in, some people will call it a correction. I don't know what it is because I haven't lived through one. But I think we're going to see, you know, kind of a, a stalling of the economy after decade after decade of finding a way to grow. Right. Well, and I'm that... a militant capitalist, Jack. Yeah. So I want to remain remain very focused on growth. Yeah, and that honestly, and that's what scares me. I don't have any answers about student debt other than I I believe, as you pointed out, um, with most people, like meaning it's a sides issue, earned, not given. And I worry about what I call the second and third order effects. And when you talk about future workers or the current workforce, again, I think that at least emotionally it begins to divide the workforce. And I don't know how that's going to play out. Um it's just it's it's kind of fascinating all of these things, um, but I will always say, uh, boys, really appreciate having you on. Thank you for coming on Drive Time Lincoln. No problem, and you know I'm sorry about the writing campaign. I thought I might have to come out of retirement, come <laughs> down to Lincoln and help you out there for a minute. So well, hey, I'm a young I'll guy. Just enjoy life up here. I'm a young guy. All right, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. You got. All right, Drive Time Lincoln, fourteen hundred AM, ninety nine three FM. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, Monday, August 29th, it's 88 degrees. Actually, nice day out there, a little overcast. Um, I enjoyed being outside most of it. Um, we just finished up with uh, Bloys Olson, um, CEO of Fluence Media up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, does a great product. You can catch him at uh, fluencemedia.com called The Morning Take. Uh, while it is regional for um, political and issues out there, um, you know, it oftentimes is covering national stuff and uh, presents a very balanced side. He shares a passion like I do of trying to educate voters and folks so that we are smarter when we're going to the ballot box and we're more educated about what's really going on out there. Um, and interesting enough, it's, it's funny, I've been watching this story slash not real story, or what is it, uh, in Iraq. Um, lots of social media going out about you know the U.S. Embassy being evacuated, a lot of, you know, uh, helicopter landing i've dug for about three hours and it appears that's false um the state department has said there there is no evacuation going on inside the green zone in baghdad iraq um however um there has been a lot of unrest over there in the area uh we'll call it inter-iraqi fighting and um you know, I think for those of us that served over there, um, it's always interesting. We're going to forever take a look whenever there's anything making national news. It's certainly something that involves Americans. Uh, but in fact, it doesn't appear that that story has any merit. Uh, there is not currently at all a U.S. evacuation going on in Iraq. 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, KLI. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back, uh, 537 here on August 29th, a Monday. I'm Jack Riggins, host, Drive Time Lincoln, Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. Uh, first segment, we had uh, Bloys Olson on from Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's the CEO of Fluence Media, a media and content firm, High Stakes Communications, as, as well as they publish Morning Take, which is a great uh, daily regional balance of politics and issues going on up in that area. And oftentimes, as I said, he rolls into national and uh, as you can tell he's highly educated highly uh spoken you know well spoken and covers the issues uh wealth of experience up there always like talking with him um without a doubt um one of the things that i find is interesting again i sort of mentioned well let's go back to the event this weekend which we supported uh greatly i was honored that they came in studio and that's uh the herrera family along with melissa wood who is essentially part of the family and their event uh the tunnels to towers 5k run and walk in lincoln nebraska um folks give yourself an attaboy 63.2000 dollars which would be 63 thousand two hundred dollars raised their goal was thirty five thousand lincoln so awesome job awesome job Uh, last count before the event was 520 participants maybe it got to more last second um unfortunately i had a conflict didn't get out there uh the better half was out there represented team riggins which was cool uh but i just want to say um, awesome job to Melissa Wood, the Herrera family, and everybody for putting that on, all the uh, first responders um, that were out there, and everybody. Um, really, really cool. Again, taking tragedy and paying it forward is is the best way I can put it into words um, and doing something positive with it. But, you know, on the national level, I, I received information that Tunnel for Towers, think about this, um, just for... In excuse me, in honor of Independence Day, just paid off twenty-two full mortgages of deserving fallen first responders. What a cool deal that is to help out, right? Now I'm going to try not to ruin it by saying, "See, that's not the government just giving hand me outs." It's private people, us picking each other up, saying, "Hey, we we can help. We can do something." You know, through in this case, tunnel to towers, the big foundation. But right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, what a great successful event! We'll try to get them on um, to kind of summarize it and what their experience was, and and what a cool thing. So I just want to say to Melissa and the Herreras, um, absolute great job, absolute great job, um, without a doubt. So. One of the things I mentioned uh, that I was going to say is so Blois was on, and I mentioned the uh, end of summer 
barbecue, if you will, at my house this weekend. And we bring a lot of different folks in. Um, it would be easy to sit on the radio or sit there and, and be a listener and think, oh, they all think just like Jack. No, that's not true. Um, the people I associate, we, we have all walks of life, all different political beliefs um, that are at the house. So it's a good melting pot of you know information and talk. And as often happens when adults get together, you know, there's different ideas. But but here were some of the things that were on the minds of, of parents, because, uh, you know, most people I know are parents of school age kids or high school or maybe just, you know, had just graduated. Certainly student debt. Right. Certainly student debt. Um, school choice was on the minds, which I thought was interesting. Um, the other thing was Inflation Reduction Act, IRA, as I like to call it, and these unbelievable, almost on every station, commercials that are out right now, to the point where I had to go, I was like, what are you guys talking about? So I had to go kind of find them, and then boom, once I found them, it's like I saw it every commercial. So I'm, I'm going to break that down a little bit. And then, interesting enough... It led to something I'm always talking about, um, which is in order to solve problems, you have to identify what the problem is or you have to get to the truth, right? And then once you can get to the truth, we work forward. And so what was brought up that I thought was interesting was the old argument that we used to do on the show all the time about COVID and the hospitals, Johnny, you can remember that I was, you know, saying that we have beds. We have beds available. Yet yep. you had the political establishment in Lincoln as well as some of the hospitals saying we don't we don't have beds. And I said, "No, you have a nurse problem. You have a staff problem." Yeah. Right. And so that was brought up again, and in fact, there's no doubt about it. When it comes to that, okay, we have a staff problem. Now, we should fix that as best we can, right? I equated it to, you know, you've got a leak in your house and you see the water pooling up on the ceiling, but you keep going and buying fire extinguishers to put in every room, right? That's you're, you're misidentifying the problem and therefore getting the wrong solution. And um, in fact, I would have to think that if we didn't, bolster right and change policies within hospitals to get more nurses that were still at the level that if we have a pandemic type event again that we're going to be in the same situation which is we don't have enough staff nurses otherwise to handle the patients now let's hope we're not in a pandemic um, but my example there is the truth and then identifying and then fixing and that's where I get sideways with leaders and government officials is when we're not identifying the problem correctly or we're outright misinforming the public. And that frustrates me to no ends, you know. And I think I think that's a similar thing, even though I was sort of involved in the story last week with, you know, where we're at with schools and materials. Right. You know, the question is, is are the materials there? OK, some controversial materials are there that I'd say a vast majority of parents don't agree with. 
but then is it being taught? So, you know, taught versus available. And that's got a lot of people talking right now along the lines of that dynamic. And I think there is duality to that. Um, But what was interesting is if you've been noticing, seriously, if you've been noticing, paying attention to multiple news outlets here in Nebraska, right, we are seeing a lot of educators. Well, let me go back. Let me first say this. If my career in the Navy didn't go the way it did, right, I more than likely would have been a school teacher, you know, a teacher coach, probably K through 12. No doubt about it in my mind. And a lot of teachers right now listening to the show are like, thank God he didn't do that. Um, <laughs> I think the world of teachers, as a matter of fact, I don't know if there's a more important job in society than the education of youth, right? So I hold teachers, all of you, in a very, very high regard. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't not hold you in high regard, not think you do a great job, and have criticism of things that go on in schools or that are around, right? Just like if I say there's a nurse shortage and we've got problems in our hospitals because we don't have enough staff, that's not negative on nurses. Actually, to the contrary, that's negative probably on administration for not identifying the problem and, you know, probably trying to make more profit and have, you know, low overhead, you know, and they're just getting by, right? No, that's totally two separate arguments. But back to schools, what I noticed lately, I don't think it has anything to do with, uh, you know, materials in schools. But I do think it has to do with a lot of parents' efforts across this state in wanting to know curriculum and digging deeper. And so we're seeing uh, school unions, teachers' unions, literally going out like they're campaigning, talking about how great public education is. (laughs) Right here, the Nebraska Examiner. Paul Hamill's got an article in the Nebraska Examiner. State Teachers' Union launches campaign to highlight public education. Push back on effort to fund private schools. I've seen commercials over the last four days. Uh, and I, I'm like, where is that coming from? Why? If you're a teacher out there or an administrator here in LPS, come on the show and just let us ask you some questions. Seriously. Like, why is there a campaign going on? Um because what's it in response to? That I don't know. Um, I have my suspicions, right? And then that kind of commercial slash, uh, you know, a campaign by a union led me to, oh, well, let's think about guests we've had on the show a couple times, uh, Lauren Garcia, and why Nebraska doesn't have school choice. And I seriously thought this. Just, again, the atmospherics on the street, talking with a lot of different people, the the end-of-the-year summer party I had. If Nebraska had school choice right now, how many of you would not have your kids in public schools? That would be my question. Like the Archdiocese in Omaha came out with a hard stance. 
on uh, a lot of this controversial stuff to some people um, with transgenders. Um, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, saying, you know, what you're assigned at birth is what you'll be called. And so there's definitely this divide. But go back to my basic question. If Nebraska had school choice, so maybe on whatever Wednesday, folks, call in and maybe we'll discuss that. I'm curious. I was like, if we had school choice and my tax dollars, right, whatever it is, 60 80% going to public schools, if I could have access to that to send my kids somewhere else, how many other families right now would be doing that? And so... The other part of the media war, because that's what I'm getting to here, is you have state teachers unions, you have teacher groups, you know, talking about public school. But now you're also seeing stories about the positive nature of teachers that have walked away from that and are teaching homeschool, are teaching, um, for lack of a better term, kind of smaller groups. You could call it private education. Um, I find that kind of nuclear bomb. It's not a nuclear bomb, but that that dynamic that just happened in like the last. Two weeks here in Nebraska. Fascinating. Um, and so I wonder, and that's kind of one of my questions. I'm just going to leave it out there. If if you eat, if we had school choice available right now, how many of you in the listening audience um, would not have your kids in public schools given, you know, kind of the state of things right now? And that is not a knock on public school teachers at all. Not a knock at all. It's just a lot of different dynamics in play tomorrow will be twitter tuesday the tweet the drive time lincoln tweet tuesday winner um please send me send me potential candidates at riggins underscore jack um and i'll peruse through them one of the ones that i'll mention today we can't bring it forward because it was on Monday, but it did have to do with school debt is somebody sent me one that was a doll. I don't know why. And it said, show me on this doll where student debt relief hurt you. That one sounds familiar. Well, yeah. And, and so I, I, I grabbed it and I drew a little heart on it (laughs) and I said, here, um, I, I didn't know how to answer that other than that's, that's where student debt hurts me. (laughs) Okay. Like it hurts my heart because I don't know. Again, I believe in earn, not given. I don't agree with it. Is it going to hurt Jack Riggins? No, it's not. Because I've basically become a productive member of society. I can function in a way to support a family of six, uh, live above middle class. Um, There's not much that's going to hurt me Opposed to like if the government would just take away my retirement paycheck. So you're right. you're not worried about having a heart attack or anything then? No. Okay. But but it hurts my heart is a legitimate answer because I don't know what's next in that debate and in that thing for the younger people or anybody that's gonna get that relief. Like Yeah. If I'm young and they give me that, I'm taking it too. Right? You should take it. Your government gave it to you. You should take people that say you shouldn't take it. Nah, they're full of crap. Your government wants to give you that. Well, you take it. But the problem I have is the things that kind of you can't measure is what's the benefit to greater society? Like some people are going to say, hey, it's going to get people up on their feet quicker. Well, yeah, great. I agree. But 
It's not going to get you a job. It doesn't like, you know, start you at level eight when you were supposed to start at level 10 on your way up to number one. And that's what worries me. So that's why I say it hurts my heart because there is something about earn not given and making sure that we don't believe in handouts and we don't believe that somebody's there to bail us out. And so I worry, you know, what I wrote down was what is the metric? When will we know as a society that this has benefited all? Right now, it's going to benefit those students. It's not necessarily going to hurt me, but it makes me wonder in my heart if this is not going to be a positive society. Now, the flip side is it could be a positive for society. If you ask my parents right now, they would tell you Social Security is the best thing in the world. Right. If you ask Jack Riggins 20 years ago, I'm reading the tea leaves and I go, I'm making enough money that I don't have to worry about Social Security because there's not going to be any for me. Right. But for a lot of people in that age group, they did plan on it. And so a lot of their lives, most Americans, as a matter of fact, planned on at a certain age getting Social Security. Right. My generation, you know, mid 40s, forget about it. Right. So there again, doesn't but you know, we're not planning on it. I'm not planning on it. So, you know, again, that that word, duality, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, we're going to have Sarah Slattery on, a Legislative District 2 candidate, Democrat, um, on Thursday. Looking forward to that. We'll have a half show uh, Thursday, but we'll get her on. We'll, we'll see what uh, she's about and, and what platform is. Always enjoy doing that. And we'll keep moving forward. Uh, 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, KLI and Lincoln. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, today, uh, just uh, wrapping it up uh, here on Drive Time Lincoln, we had uh, Bloys Olson, CEO of Fluence Media, up in Minneapolis on, just uh, getting a check-in from him. He's a real sharp guy in his uh, newsletter, Morning Take. Uh, you can find him at fluencemedia.com. Highly suggest if you like getting a balanced uh, read. It's very similar. Bloys worked in D.C., uh, for a good amount of time as the presidential update brief, it reads very similar um, in the focused area of politics and issues uh, in the region, but often covers national. Um, and I think most of you would enjoy reading it. Um, also talked about uh, Tunnel for Towers and their fantastic event here in Lincoln, the 5K, where they raised uh, $63,000, 63 thousand and two hundred to be exact uh really proud of them and, and their efforts hope to get them on the show uh tomorrow be uh tweet tuesday why don't you hit me up at riggins underscore jack give me some examples give me some potential winners and johnny and i will pick one one of the things that i was talking about from the end of the summer party is this inflammation reduction act boost so not only do we have a full out really media campaign going on from teachers unions even here in Nebraska but all around the nation as well as other say positive stories of people that have left the teachers profession and but they're teaching kind of privately or homeschool uh it's very fascinating to me which kind of brings in school choice um but why is paid for future forward USA action League of Conservation Voters and Climate Power just spending mass amounts of money to essentially say how awesome the Inflammation Reduction Act is. It's like, once again, we're getting a campaign messaging across major media 
by influencers slash lobbyists telling us how great this is. I, I don't care. I don't agree with that. Like, it's hilarious. But we'll talk about that tomorrow and more. 1,499.3 KLI.